Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Welcome to Shelf Logic. I'm Kelly, a librarian at the Northwest Regional Library. Hello, and I am Roxy, also from the Northwest Regional Library. On today's show, we are going to discuss people you should know, individuals who have made their mark in their field, but are not well known to the general public, except maybe today you might know who we're talking about. Today we'll be discussing Katherine Johnson and Shirley Chisholm. Katherine Johnson is an American mathematician who calculated and analyzed flight paths for spacecrafts. You may have seen her portrayed in the 2016 film Hidden Figures, which is on our shelf, along with a book also titled Hidden Figures by Margaret Lee Shetterly. Katherine Johnson was born in 1918 in West Virginia. She died on February 24th, 2020. She had a love of learning and math. When she was six years old, instead of going to kindergarten, she went into second grade. When she was 10, she started high school at the West Virginia Institute. At 15, she enrolled at West Virginia State College and received a full scholarship to attend. By junior year, Catherine took every course on math the college had to offer. Her professor, William Clater, created advanced classes just for her. Hey, Roxy, how are you with math during school? Uh, I just kept with the basic requirements for college. I do the same. I went all the way up to pre-calc, but when I was in elementary school, I was not good at adding and subtracting. Never got the hang of it. <laughs> at 18, Catherine graduated summa cum laude in French and math at the height of the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce, so she took a job teaching math for high school students in Virginia. In 1939, she was selected to be one of the first three African-American students to enroll in a graduate program at West Virginia University. After the summer session, Catherine decided to leave and become a full-time mother and wife to Jimmy Gobble. In 1953, she began working at the National Advisory Committee of Aeronautics, NACA, West Area Computing Unit. Known as the West Computers, this African-American group manually performed complex mathematical calculations for the program's engineers. Catherine's boss was Dorothy Vaughn, a fellow West Virginian. For two weeks, she worked the desk before being transferred to the Flight Research Division for a temporary assignment. The flight division was considered one of the most important and powerful groups in the lab. Six months in, Catherine still worked in the flight research division and was eligible for promotion. Dorothy had a sit down with Henry Pearson, the head of the branch, to tell him that either Catherine gets a raise or she goes back to West Computing. Catherine got a raise in a permanent spot in the maneuver loads branch. But why did humans want to go to space? Well, they pine to go to space because of their longing to know what lays beyond the confines of their own small world. They desire to leave Earth out of a compelling urge to go where no human has gone before. Catherine had confidence in smarts, which allowed her to excel, but she had a fight to be let into meetings. She persisted and kept asking her colleagues until finally, in 1958, she was allowed in and became the first woman in her group to sign her name to one of her group reports. Johnson authored and co-authored 26 research reports during her career. Johnson was part of the Space Task Group and was involved in the country's first manned space program, Project Mercury. Project Mercury had three goals, to orbit a named spacecraft around the Earth, to investigate man's ability to function in space, 
and recover both men and spacecraft safely, which I think is very important. But hey, Roxy, here's an interesting fact. The selection process for astronauts had a lot of stipulations. They had to be under 5'11 and under 180 pounds. They had to be a qualified test pilot under 40 years old with at least a bachelor's degree. Definitely very interesting. And you can see them go through the different stipulations and testing and the right stuff, which I will discuss later. NASA scheduled John Glenn for his first orbital flight on February 20th, 1962. The IBM 790 computer was used to check orbital trajectory, but astronauts were wary of computers. Computers could go down in mid-flight or there may be errors. Glenn said, get the girl to check the numbers. If she says the numbers are good, then I'm ready to go. John Glenn was considered a hero after he successfully orbited the Earth and landed safely. Catherine was recognized for her work and was featured on the front page of the Pittsburgh Courier. Johnson was also part of the team that calculated where and when to launch the rocket for Apollo 11 mission in 1969. She later worked on the space shuttle program and plans for the mission to Mars. She retired from NASA in 1986 after working there for 33 years. In 2015, President Obama awarded Catherine with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. For more information on Catherine Johnson and Project Mercury, you can check out Hidden Figures by Margaret Lee Shetterly. This book is available in a variety of formats on our shelf. There is large print, regular print, an audiobook, and there's a Young Reader's Edition. The Young Reader's Edition has a glossary of terms and a timeline, which I found very helpful. And you can also check out the ebook and e-audiobook on Overdrive and Libby. Don't forget about the movie Hidden Figures, which is available on DVD and Blu-ray. You can also read about Catherine and 49 other women in Women in Science, 50 Fearless Pioneers Who Changed the World, written and illustrated by Rachel Ignorsky. This book depicts the lives and achievements of 50 famous women in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics from the ancient world to the present. It is a beautiful book to read. The author illustrates each woman, different lab tools, and there's a timeline. It took me back to science lab when I saw the different lab tools. There was beakers, a Bunsen burger, test tubes, and Petri dishes. It was a good refresher course. To learn about Project Mercury, you can check out The Right Stuff by Tom Wolfe, which was also made into the movie by the same name. The movie came out in 1983 and shows Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier and the selection and training of the astronauts. The Smithsonian History of Space Exploration from the Ancient World to the Extraterrestrial Future by Roger Day Lunas. This book has a small section on Project Mercury, but it covers a lot more, such as what the first spacesuits looked like, other countries exploring space, and the establishment of NASA. There are a lot of photographs and diagrams for readers to understand space exploration. We have online resources which talks about Catherine, such as Britannica Library Encyclopedia, which gives readers a brief overview on her. We have a resource called Biography in Context, which is a great source to get an overview on the person you are searching for. They have different sections, such as personal information, where you can learn Catherine's religion, which was Presbyterian, and she was a member of the Girl Scouts. They have a section for further reading, which contains books, newspaper articles, and online websites. Kelly, what did you find most fascinating about Catherine? 
I thought was interesting that while she's working at NASA, creating all these mathematical equations and trying to send, you know, a man to space, she's also taking care of her family. She had three daughters with her first husband, James Goebel, and while she's at NASA, she later remarried James Johnson in 1959. Okay, as Kelly mentioned earlier, I am going to talk about Shirley Chisholm, who was a former member of the U.S. Congress. Shirley Chisholm was born Shirley Anita St. Hill, daughter of immigrants in Brooklyn, New York on November 30th, 1924. Growing up, she and her sisters spent their early years with their grandmother on her farm in Barbados. She credited her father, who was born in Guyana and was a union man and a Roosevelt supporter with fostering her political consciousness. Her mother, a native of Barbados, provided her with a strong work ethic and a desire for education. These attributes served her well as she defined her place in an environment that sought to ignore and silence her because of her race, class, and gender. Politics surrounded Chisholm all her life, from her father's free-flowing discussions with friends in their home to her involvement in the National Association for Advancement of Colored People, NAACP, and the Urban League. Kelly, do you ever want to get into politics? That would be a no. My husband likes politics, but it's not for me. I think I took one law class in college and undergrad and one and done. I agree. Shirley actively became engaged in community and civic activities. She remained active in the NAACP, the League of Women Voters, and her local community political league, which organized, formed, support black candidates. Her major influences were Eleanor Roosevelt and her grandmother, who when she was age 14, left her with invaluable advice that she took to heart. Don't let anybody stand in your way. She attended Brooklyn College and decided to pursue a career in teaching. While at college, she met her future husband, Conrad Chisholm. After earning her bachelor's degree with honors from Brooklyn College in 1946, she obtained a master's degree in early childhood education at Columbia University in 1952. And while earning this degree, she subsequently worked for seven years as a teacher at a child care center in New York City. She then became an educational consultant in New York City's Bureau of Child Welfare from 1959 to 1964. While at the university, she wrote in 1970s, Unbought and Unbossed, I first heard people other than my father talk about white oppression, black racial consciousness, and black pride. Although she was assured by both professors and fellow students that she possessed ideal qualities for a political career, she had confrontational style that made her unpopular with the white democratic establishment in New York City. But her community, mostly black and Hispanic, gave her all the support she needed to win a state Senate seat in 1964, and she worked hard for them. She served in the New York Assembly until 1968, during which time she sponsored 50 bills, eight of which were passed. The bills reflected her concern and focused on education, disadvantaged youth, women, daycare, as well as the poor, all of which were generally absent from the white male political agenda. 
1968, Shirley ran for Congress, becoming the first black woman in the House and was assigned to the Forestry Committee. Upon asking for a reassignment, she moved to the Veterans Affairs, where she refused to take money away from children and the disadvantaged for defense spending. She ended up serving seven times in Congress. She was one of 15 candidates that ran for U.S. president in 1972, being the first woman and black candidate on a major party ticket, referring herself as a dark horse as her race and gender were two strikes against her, but encouraged women, especially women of color, to get involved in politics. Not winning any single primary, she was a catalyst for change. When it came to the movements for civil rights and gender equality, leading 152 delegates to the Democratic Convention, she said, I am not the candidate of Black America, although I am Black and proud. I am not the candidate of the women's movement of this country, although I am a woman and equally proud of that. I am the candidate of the people and my presence before you symbolizes a new era in American political history. The election came on the heels of the 1968 race, which was one of the bloodiest races in American history with being in the midst of the Vietnam War. In Shola Lynch's 2004 film about the 1972 presidential campaign, Chisholm, 72, unbought and unbossed, Shirley describes her bid as paving the way for other candidates who were ignored by the white male-dominated political machine. She wanted to be remembered as a woman who fought for change in the 20th century. Every member of her staff was a woman, Half of them were black. She influenced future political leaders, such as state senators, United States House of Representatives, and hometown mayors. Chisholm wrote in the 1973, The Good Fight, the next time a woman runs, or a black or a Jew, or anyone from a group that the country is not ready to elect to its highest office, I believe that he or she will be taken seriously from the start. I ran because somebody had to do it first. Chisholm, a founder of the National Women's Political Caucus, supported the Equal Rights Amendment and legalized abortions throughout her congressional career, which lasted from 1969 to 1983. In 1984, she became the founder and the first president of the National Political Congress of Black Women. The NPCBW was found on the premise that black women needed a political voice that spoke to their particular concerns. After her retirement from Congress, Chisholm remained active on the lecture circuit. She was a professor at Mount Holyoke College from 1983 to 1987 and a visiting scholar at Spelman College in 1985. In 1993, she was invited by President Bill Clinton to serve as ambassador to Jamaica but declined because of poor health. In honor of Shirley Chisholm's long-term service in her home city, partners, residents, and businesses worked to improve the quality of life of Central Brooklyn by fostering economic self-sufficiency, enhancing family stability, promoting the arts and culture, and transforming the neighborhood into a safe, vibrant place to live and work. Shirley Chisholm died on January 1st, 2005 at the age of 80.
She was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2015. And that's the same year as Catherine was awarded. Yes. What did you find most fascinating about Shirley? That she knew at an early age that she had a strong interest in a political path, and she stuck with it through thick and thin with groundbreaking venues. Okay, a few request-worthy and online resources that we offer through mcldaz.org are, as a hardback book, you will find Dead Feminist, Historic Heroines in Living Color by Chandler O'Leary. This is a national bestseller that is gorgeously illustrated, combines feminist history with a vision for a better future. Dead Feminist is a lushly illustrated and inclusive celebration of inspiring women who transformed the world and created social change. Another hardbound book that you will find is Vanguard, How Black Women Broke Barriers, Won the Vote, and Insisted on Equality for All by Martha S. Jones. In Vanguard, acclaimed historian Martha S. Jones offers a new history of African-American women's political lives in America. She recounts how they defied both racism and sexism to fight for the ballot and how they wheeling political power to secure the equality and dignity of all persons. From the earliest days of the Republic to the passage of the 1965 Voting Rights Act and beyond, Jones excavates the lives and the work of various noteworthy Black women. You will also find The Book of Gutsy by Hillary Rodham Clinton and Chelsea Clinton. In this book, Hillary and her daughter Chelsea share the stories of the gutsy women who have inspired them, women with the courage to stand up, to do the status quo, ask hard questions, and get the job done. Available online resources from our website, you can search under eMedia, Canopy. There in Canopy, by searching Shirley Chisholm, you will find Chisholm 72, Unbought and Unbossed, the first black woman to run per for president. This is a Shir Shirley Chisholm's account of her remarkable rise from a young girl in Brooklyn to America's first African-American congressman. You will also find under eMedia Freegal in a book titled the Illustrated Feminist, 100 Years of Suffrage, Strength and Sisterhood in America by Aura Lewis. This one is for young ages on up. Each chapter illustrates 10 landmark moments in each decade from 1920 to 2020, featuring iconic events and the trailblazing women who made them happen from Amelia Earhart to Shirley Chisholm. You can also search Hoopla eBooks, and also books under Overdrive, as well as audiobooks. Just search Shirley Chisholm, Women's Rights, Civil Rights, and continue to find other resources on our website. You can go to Research and a drop-down menu, search Gale eBooks, Gale in Context, and Britannica Library Encyclopedia. Again, search for Shirley Chisholm. Wow, that's a lot of good resources. Yes. The items discussed are available on our website, mcldaz.org. You can request them online and come into the library for our pop-in and pick-up hours or schedule a curbside appointment using the My Libro app.
Thank you to everybody for listening. Kelly and Roxy from the Northwest Regional Library signing off. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.